Our reading for today comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it says this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. This is our reading for today. Please be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and Lord, we pray for our message as we dive into a new series looking at the book of 2 Timothy. Lord, we pray that you would you would reveal to us your truth, Lord, that it would impact our hearts and our minds, that we would be changed by your word. No matter who we are today, no matter where we're at spiritually today, Lord, that you would draw all of us closer to you through this message. Let it be your words, not mine, Lord. All this we lift up in your holy name and all God's people said, amen. Well, as I said, we are kicking off a brand new series, four-week series in the book of 2 Timothy. Today, we're tackling 2 Timothy chapter 1. And just for a little bit of background, and you guys, this is, you know, a little response time. You can jump in here. I know you can do this. Uh, Paul wrote this book, um, and he wrote it to somebody named... Woo! You guys nailed it. And he wrote one letter to Timothy, and this is the... See, you guys are Bible scholars. Look at you. Okay, so Paul is the great evangelist. Paul starts many churches all throughout um, the, the Middle East area, Turkey, Syria, uh, even up into to, um, modern day Greece, Rome. He visited all these places. Um, and so one of the churches that he started is in a city called Ephesus. And he left a young pastor there that he trained named Timothy. And he starts this church, and then he goes on and continues on. And he left Timothy there to lead this church in Ephesus. And this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. And it's interesting. Um, this is going to be the last known letter that Paul writes. He's in prison in Rome, and he's going to be executed soon. And this is the last known letter that he writes, and he writes it to Timothy. And we're just going to look at chapter one of this book here today um, and really focus on one verse of chapter one. And what we're going to talk about is this, fear, worry, and anxiety. Anybody struggle with those things? Anybody afraid to raise their hand? <laughs> okay. And before we dive into it, before we dive into it, I want to be very clear what I'm talking about. Because I don't want afterwards you to come out and be like, Pastor, I felt like you were a little rough. You don't know my situation. You don't know, okay? Today, we are not talking about diagnosed phobias. We are not talking about diagnosed trauma or, or PTSD or disorders. Today, we are talking about only common fear, worry, and anxiety that all of us face. If you have something above and beyond, absolutely we're, we're, you know, be, that's why God gave us counselors. That's why God gave us medicine. The number one prescribed medicine in the world today is anti-anxiety medicines. Like they, there's, there's blessing in that. But we're going to talk about common fear, worry, and anxiety that all of us face. Because here's, here's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to jump in. Um, that's not what God wants for you. And that's not how he wants you to live. And so we're going to call out some of that. We're going to call out some of that and say that we contribute to some of that and that it might even some of it be sinful. And once again, I'm talking about common worry, fear, and anxiety, not stuff that's above and beyond that's diagnosed that, that needs medication or needs treatment. Okay. Everybody on the same page. Okay. So the interesting thing is 
2,000 years ago when this was written, we think we've evolved, we think we've changed, but the truth is they wrestle with the same thing we wrestle with. They're people just like we are people. And the Bible says in some way, shape, or form, do not be afraid 366 times. Think about that. One for every day and even leap day. So that you can remind yourself and God knows us that this is a struggle for us. And back in that day, they had a lot to worry about too. I mean, once again, Paul is in prison as he is writing this. He's about to be executed. And you know how they were killing Christians back then? Crucifying them. That was one way where you would be brutally hung naked and have spears or spikes driven through your, your wrist and your feet and you would be left to die by suffocating. Or if that wasn't how they picked, you were thrown into the Colosseum and you would be given no weapons and you would be facing lions while everyone cheered for you to be ripped to pieces. Or if that wasn't worse enough, the Emperor Nero, he used to take Christians and he would, he would cover them in pitch and oil and he would impale them and light them on fire and that would be how he lit his, his uh, garden at night. Paul knows he's going to be executed and he knows this is what's coming for him. Can you imagine the fear and anxiety he feels? And then he's writing to young Timothy who's leading a church and it's dangerous for Timothy leading this church. And we know from other scriptures that Timothy always kind of struggled with self-doubt. And so in just this four chapter book, 14 times Paul tells Timothy, do not fear. Why? Because Timothy's what? Afraid. 25 times he says, be strong. Why? Because Timothy feels weak. Multiple times he says, find others to be with, unite with other Christians. Why? Because Timothy feels alone. How many of you feel alone, weak, and afraid? This book is for you. And so what we see in chapter one, uh, and you can open up and follow along if you want, uh, but we'll have it on the screen here, Second Timothy chapter one. It opens with an introduction. You know, hey, this is Paul writing to you, Timothy. Timothy, I want you to come visit me. And then he says, I'm so thankful that your grandmother raised your mom and your mom raised you to know the faith. And then he says in verse six, I want to see that faith. I want to see those, those blessings that you have from God, those God-given skills and abilities as a pastor. I want to see those fanned into flame, Timothy. I want to see your faith fanned into flame. I want to see it come to life. And he says in verse seven this, the thing that's going to stop that, the thing that's gonna stop your, your faith being fanned into flame, Timothy, is your fear. Your fear is holding you back. Your fear is holding you back from what God is trying to do in your life, Timothy. And he says this, Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. That fear that you feel inside, Timothy, that fear that you're wrestling with, that's not coming from God. Because what God gave you, Timothy, is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. And see, what's interesting about that is when, 
when it says that God doesn't give it a spirit of fear, the Greek word there, it doesn't mean like phobia or anything like that. It literally is a military term for immobilization. So, so cowardice. It's God did not give you a spirit of cowardice. God did not give you a, a fear-fueled frozenness that you cannot move forward. Because this is what we learn throughout the scriptures is that fear paralyzes over and over again and faith acts in action. Faith produces action. And in life, this is what we see happening to us is fear paralyzes us, but when we step out in faith, we step out in action. And most often in the scripture and in life, fear keeps people from moving forward into the blessing that God has. And so what we're going to focus on this morning is this. We're going to focus on not the spirit of fear, but on the spirits that God gives us of power, of love, and self-control. And the first one is the spirit of power. The spirit of power. You see, in the book of Numbers, this is way back in the Old Testament, back when the Israelites were out in the desert, God promised the Israelites the promised land. He said, I have prepared a a wonderful place for you, uh, a land filled with milk and honey. There are a bunch of people that live there already, but you're going to come in and you're going to take the land. I've already given it to you. It's yours. You're going to go in and you're going to do this. And in the book of Numbers, it says this, that as they came and approached the promised land, that they sent out spies into the promised land to see what it looked like. And the spies come back with a fear-filled report. And they say, the the armies are huge. The cities have giant walls. The the men are are like giants and we're like grasshoppers. We don't stand a chance. We don't stand a chance. And, And they spread fear throughout the whole camp. We can't do this. We're not strong enough. We're not, we're not big enough. We we can't do this. How many of you is that you? You're an I can't person. I, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. That's the, the, the phrase that's out of your mouth all the time. I can't, I can't, I can't. Here, here's what's interesting about that story. God already told them he was going to deliver them. God already told them he was going to give them the land. And they're looking at the obstacle in front of them and saying, we can't. And yet they had no idea that when they came to the city of Jericho with its giant 20 to 30 foot walls and massive army, that he was going to have them march around and blow their trumpets and then the walls would what? Come tumbling down. They're looking at the situation and they're going, we can't, we're not strong enough, we're not big enough, we're not. And can you imagine day one when, when God's like, okay, march around that city. I mean, if I'm the, I'm like, okay, we can march around, but we still can't do it. How are we going to do it? Day five, day six. Can you imagine the person that out of fear didn't go to see day seven when the walls came tumbling down? Can you imagine being so full of fear and saying, we can't, we can't, that you missed out on the incredible, amazing, life-changing miracle that God did because you were too afraid? And you're so convinced you couldn't do it. And you didn't listen to God who said, of course you can't. Because it's not about you. It's about who? Him. How many times in life is God trying to teach you, of course the answer's not in you. 
Of course you can't fix you. Of course you can't overcome this. Of course you can't do this. That's the point. I can. Just shut your mouth and march. That's God's message to so many of you today. Shut your mouth and march. Stop saying, well, I can't and I don't have the answers and I'm not strong enough. And God's going, I know. But I gave you a spirit of what? Power. Not that you would find the power, but I have given power and it will come and it will be there and it will do what it's going to do. And I will waylay armies in front of you. I will clear the path before you. But you're never going to see that unless you do what? March. You're not going to see any of it. Friends, you have power inside of you, not because of you, because of Jesus. There is power in you, the Holy Spirit inside of you, that it can overwhelm things that overwhelm you. That greater is he who is in me than is in this world. That God can do incredible things and that power resides in you. Not that you are going to overcome things, but that God is going to overcome things for you. And you're too busy saying, I can't, and you won't get up and march. And see, you're afraid because you don't know how, you don't have, think you're capable, you're afraid, and you still think it's all up to you. And you're not putting your trust in God. So many of you need to start marching and just say, God, I trust you. It's not about me, it's not about what I can accomplish. It's about what you can do. The second spirit that he gives us is a spirit of love. A spirit of love. I don't know how often I sit in a room with somebody and they're struggling and they're looking around them at all the circumstances of their life and they just say, you know what? Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm doubting God. I don't think he's real. I just, I look at all this stuff around me and, and I don't think he loves me. I don't think he's good. I don't think he cares. I don't think he's listening to my prayers. I, do, I just feel like there's this block between us and, and I just, I think God is against me. I think he hates me. I think he doesn't listen to me. I, I don't even know if he's real. And God says, no, no, no. Inside of you, I give a power of love. And what that power of love tells you is this, is that you are so loved that Christ came to earth and he took on flesh and he took on your sin. The man who lived a perfect life took on your sin and died upon the cross and the wrath of God was put upon him and you received grace and mercy and forgiveness and he received wrath and punishment. And God says, if you ever wanna know if you are loved, stop looking at the circumstances around you and look to the cross. Because so many of you are focused on everything around you and you're judging your circumstances on whether God loves you or not. And God goes, don't judge me on your circumstances. Judge me on the cross. You want to know the answer to if I love you? Walk in that faith and that power of love that you know I am loved by God. He sent Jesus to die for me. So all these circumstances, it doesn't matter because God loves me. It's kind of like when Peter was in the boat and there's a great big storm and Jesus comes walking on the waves and Peter says, hey, if that's really you, Jesus, tell me to walk out to you. And Jesus says, okay, come on. And what did he do? He took that first step, and what happened? He walked on water. And the Bible says he takes a couple steps. Think about that for a second. Peter walked on water. How many of you would like to walk on water? I think that would be pretty awesome. Then Peter started doing what? 
The Bible tells us he starts looking around at the waves and the wind. He starts looking around at the circumstances. He takes his eyes off Jesus and what begins to happen to him if you know your Bible? He begins to sink. And Jesus says, this is the same thing. If you don't rely on this power of love, if you start looking at all the circumstances around you and going, God must not love me. God must not be for me. God must not hear my prayers. I'm filled with fear. No one's watching out for me. No one loves me. I'm alone. I'm taking out. No one's taking care of me. Jesus says, shut your mouth and look to the cross. I, th- th- there cannot be a greater expression of love that I came and died for you. So you look at those circumstances and go, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's happening. I, I don't like this and I don't like this, but I know I'm loved. And I know I'm cared for. I know the God of the universe loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. So I know I'm in his hands. And whatever comes next, he's got me. You can't let that fear just crush out or you're going to be Peter sinking in the waves when you could have been running. And the third power that he tells us that we have, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of self-control. Spirit of self-control. You know, Adam and Eve, this was part of their sin. When, when the snake is sitting there telling them, hey, eat from the tree that God told you not to eat because God's withholding from you. God doesn't want you to be like him. You're gonna miss out on things. And Eve's like, well, yeah. I don't wanna miss out on stuff. Like, I don't know if I can trust God. Like, what, what if he's holding out? What if, what if I'm gonna be happier this way? What if I'm gonna have more satisfaction this way? What if there's more for me this way? I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And, and we do this, we, we jump in and we doubt God. We think if we follow God, maybe it's not gonna be fulfilling. You know, like, there, there are people that, that struggle with this. Like, if I were to jump all in on God, well, like, what would my life, it would be so boring. I mean, what do I do? Like, get up and pray for five hours, go and serve food, and then, and then I come home and we sing hymns, and then we go to bed. Like, how boring. Like, that wouldn't be fulfilling. That, that, that wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have joy. I wouldn't have passion. I wouldn't have all these things. And yet God says, test me and find out. You think I'm holding back on you? You think because I direct you this way away from this and to this? You think I'm holding out? You think that life's better? Those things are better? Or even worse, we have the people that sit there and they're stuck in their sin and they say, I could never overcome this stuff. I could never, you know, I, I, let, I let my emotions be my boss. I can't control them. They, they, they just, they control me. I, I let my words be, I can't control my words. I can't control my, my actions. I can't control these things. I can't control my hormones or my appetites. I, I, they lord over me. I have to chase after these things. I, I want them. They're, they bring me joy. They bring me happiness. If I was to let go of this, if my life were to change, if I was to walk away from this group, I don't know that I would have a new group to go to. If I was to walk away from this, I don't know that I would find the joy and the satisfaction that if I were to let go of this. And God's saying, look, I gave you a spirit of self-control. I gave you the power, not with, with you, but within you to walk away from things that are hurting you. How many of you know somebody, know, know some testimony where they just 180, cold turkey, walked away from something? You know why? Why? 
because you have the power of self-control. And you're letting fear rule your life. If I was to let go of this, if I was to change, it would change my life too much. I, I don't know that I could do this. I don't know that I can overcome this. And God's going, you have the power. You have the power. If you lean into me, not yourself, if you lean into me, I have given you the power of self-control that you can walk away from those things. That those things don't have to be your boss anymore and the spirit of God will lord over you. And so there's one question if you want something to write down and pray through this week. Here's the one question I want you to write down and pray through this week. And it's this. What is the blessing that God has in store for you? What is the blessing that God has in store for you and fear is keeping you from it? What is the blessing that God has in store for you and fear is keeping you from it? Because listen to me, listen to me. God did not give you a spirit of fear. That is not who he made you to be. That is not the life he wants for you. He gave you a spirit of power. He gave you a spirit of love and he gave you a spirit of self-control. That's what you have. So do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would do some supernatural work here today. That this day and these lives right here that are listening and a part of this, that this would be the day that the chains of fear would break in their lives. This would be a brand new day where people would walk out of this place ready to battle the fear in their life. Not to just say, well, this is my life. I'm just a fearful person and make excuses. And... But Lord, they would start to battle this. And as they hear those excuses and they hear those voices and they hear that fear over and over, that they would remind that fear that I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of self-control. I have the spirit of love that tells me that I can overcome, that I can walk away, I can say no, that I am loved no matter what's happening. Lord, let us confess where we let fear rule our lives. Let us lift that up and so many other things to you now. Lord, hear our prayer. Forgive us of the sins that we have committed and Lord, we pray that you would convict us where we still need to be convicted. Lord, let us repent of the fear that we walk in every day. Let us repent of the worry that we cling to instead of your promises. And Lord, for those of us that have deeper struggles, Lord, we, we pray that they would see relief too. That you would be with them and strengthen them in a powerful way. Lord, all of these things we lift up in your holy name and all God's people said, amen. Listen, God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his only son onto the cross for you.
The debt that you owe to God for all of your sins, all of your mistakes, all of the hurt that you have caused others and yourself and God. God put all of that wrath and punishment on Jesus. And instead, he lavished his love and his grace and his mercy on you. That's how much he loves you. So when you walk from this place and you step into fear, you need to remind yourself over and over, I am loved by the God of the universe. I am lavished upon with his love and his mercy and his grace. And he has given me power to battle the fear in my life. And so go from this place knowing that truth, knowing that grace, knowing that mercy. Because you are loved and you are forgiven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And let today be a new day for you. And all God's people said, Amen.